Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome once again to the Power Hour, episode 227. Thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing, Bri? I'm not doing good because my main running back in two of my three leagues is fucking dead. <laughs> he was going swimmingly. Joey Jams Jim, I was going to ask you about fantasy football, and... Uh, How'd you do out this week, Jim? I mean, well, I Brian, know how you did in our league. <laughs> in the league we're in together, I went against the guy who's currently in first place, and I lost by five points because my running back got injured like halfway through the game. Whenever he got injured. Nick Chubb, done for the season. Might be a career ender. That was really nasty. But yeah, <sighs> didn't just kill him, Bry. Killed me too. Boy had a uh, chance. Your boy um, had a chance. Well, Jim, can I can I you know, I don't like to be a stickler for details, but I, but I, but I do like to be correct. And you said you went against guys number one. I mean, I'm technically number one right now. Oh, are you? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. He was number one last week. He's up. There. You're you're both up there. You're all sons of bitches. <laughs> Hate you all. I mean, Jim now did I'm it. Scrambling, scrambling. <laughs> did it sting a little less because it wasn't me you were going against? Uh, um, I mean, wow, you are number one, aren't you? Oh, by six goddamn points, you piece of bullcrap bullshit. That's a touchdown, oh my god, Jim. I'm, oh, my God, I'm second to last. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Lordy. Not going well for Jimmy Pants. I mean, you know, maybe pick Well, if up. I'm losing to number one and two in the league, I guess that makes it hurt less. <laughs> Freaking murderous row to start the friggin' year. <laughs> Had like three players injured already. Uh, Jim, I mean, at least you're doing good in your other league, right? <laughs> Brian, I'm in three leagues. My combined record is two and four. So, no. You know I'm a man who appreciates stats. And that's not a good stat, Jim. No, Brian. No, it is not. <laughs> oh, Chambers, I mean, is this teaching you a lesson? Maybe don't do three leagues. No, that's not the problem. The problem <laughs> is don't do any leagues because I'm terrible at everything I try. <laughs> that's not true. I mean, you're doing good Tetris 99 now, right? I actually did wind up playing, like, two games this past week of it. And, yeah, it was in, like, the 40s. Like, it was, it was nothing. Good. I was like, oh, bleh. Because there's a new 99 on the block, Brian. There is F-099. Mm. That game is hard. I have no delusions of grandeur. I don't have a ton of experience with F-Zero in the past. So, yeah, I'm playing it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I had one top ten finish so far, and that felt very lucky because the most I had after that was, like, in the 30s. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but How yeah, it's a tough How does that 99 girl. work? Is it just literally all 99 are running the same track and basically whoever times it the best, and that's it? Yeah, so there's 99 runner, there's 99 racers. Uh, you know, like as you'd expect, the one to get first gets first. Crap like that. But along the way, like you know, with typical F zero, you can run out of power, you can crash, you can die, and when you and they when you die, you can come back as like an annoyance car, and you basically like you see them as a red car that's in front of you, so they can either like block you or they can start to explode if they get hit enough times, which can take you out. 
And then there's also these like special cars that you can give you this boost to put you temporarily on this like special track above all the other racers to get like, you know, speed ahead and get turbo. And you can do spin moves to try and like knock the turbo stuff off other players. So there's some decent strategy involved in it. Uh, there's only a couple of tracks from what I've seen so far. You can only pick from one of four different racers unless you can unlock more. It seems like you only unlock different colors for the four racers you have. But uh, yeah, it's very bare bones, but for what it is, it's fun. And they have like these rotating events that like, so like for 20 minutes, it'll be team battles. And then for 20 minutes, it'll be like a mini Grand Prix where you go through a couple different races, you know, outside of, and with, you know, less racers. So they try to vary it up like a tiny bit. There's not a lot to it, but the main bulk is the actual 99 race itself. But it is I fun. I mean, other than when I got the uh, SNES Mini and I played like one or two races, I've never played F-Zero. So is it free? Yeah. It, if you have Switch Online, it's free. Do I dare try it and see if I can win a game I've never played? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I already said in the Discord link below that, you know, this is also a win before gym contestant. Post your scores, join the Discord, show how much better you are at this than I am because I am, like I said, I'm not even going to pretend I'm good at it, but it is fun. It is addictive. See, you know what, Jim? You give me less reason. The only reason I ever got in Tetris is because of all the shit talking you were doing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm not making that mistake again, bro. <laughs> Jim, tell me how good you are at it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I know what I am, bro. I am's what I am's. I'm the Popeye of Tetris 99. <sighs> so, Jim, the Jim Kelly, never, never getting over that hump. Getting very close and never getting over that hump. Other than your attempts at that, um, I know last week we talked a little bit. You got to play, um, was it Century City? Yes. And uh, it, I know you played it a little bit more, and it's, it is out for release now, and I know you want to give an update. So uh, what are your thoughts on that game now? All right, so uh, real quick, we can clip this as a little mini-review, short, whatever. Uh, so Century City just released over uh, – actually, this is the 19th, so it should be releasing in a week from now, but I can talk about it by the time this uh, episode comes out. Uh, developed by Crashable Studios, uh, published also by Crashable, uh, came out on Android, Windows, uh, Switch. Not sure if anywhere else. It was a Kickstarted game. It's a cyberpunk-style side-scroller. So like I was saying last week, the main goal of it is you're going through these side-scrolling levels. Uh, there's a couple different enemy types that are out there, and there's platforming challenges. So each level has about three checkpoints along the way, and you have one-hit deaths. But you do have infinite respawns. And the even bigger gimmick is the fact that you are timed for your performance for these levels. So there is definitely a risk-reward system that is going on here. And you don't get the good ending of the game unless you perfect the 13 of the 15 uh, first levels. Because level 14 is like an uh, auto-scrolling elevator level. So, mm. you know, you can't really time that. It's basically is what it is. And then the last level is the final boss fight. But yeah, um, graphics are like kind of simple and kind of dark because they are a throwback to uh, film noir, to Blade Runner, to Terminator 1. Especially when you look at, like, your player character. Like, he's ripped right from those kind of franchises. So it's dark, which can make sometimes seeing certain things a little tough. But for the most part, it's not that hard to. Like, you're not going to miss a jump because you didn't see the platform you should be on. Stuff like that. It just, you know, it doesn't really pop out from the screen. The music's good. It's very fitting for the genre. Uh, it's nothing that you're going to be humming after for the most part. But... 
it's well done. There's only a couple of different music tracks. I don't think there is like one per level. I think yeah. they just kind of cycle through a couple, but what you have there is pretty good. Uh, the control is tight. There's only a couple buttons you need. You have a jump, you have a shoot, and you have a reload, basically. And then you also have, uh, basically just go left and right and you can duck. And that's really it. You can only shoot left and right. You can't shoot diagonally. Uh, there's a weird mechanic where if you're jumping and you shoot, you kind of lose momentum and just start to drop at that point. So you'll keep like a little bit of momentum again after the fact, but it's weird. It takes a little bit of getting used to. I got a lot of depths from just like trying to jump, shoot, and just like dropping. Uh, the gameplay, like I already said, it's 15 levels of trying to get the best time through the side-scrolling attacks. The replayability is going to come from trying to get the best score on these levels because they are tough, tough sons of bitches. Like, if you can really blast through these, you can get them done in like, I don't know, five minutes or less. Mm -hmm. But a bunch of these, and there's only 15 levels, but there are some of them that took me like a half hour, almost a full hour to finally get through with certain sections that were just like, I was ripping my hair out. Like, there were certain times I was like, how do you possibly get past this? Where like, after a checkpoint spawn, they'll be like, uh, there's certain platforming things where they force air to like help you jump, but then there's a homing enemy up the top of it. So like you really have to learn how to maneuver away and around from it and time it just right to kill it before it kills you. And that took me so friggin' long. Mm. And this is one of those brutal games where like you'll be right before the last goddamn checkpoint and you'll get killed and have to go all the way back to the start of the checkpoint and just be like, I'm so sick of doing these certain parts. Mm. And the last elevator level, there's no checkpoints. So you just got to do that right the whole way through. So that's a little bit of a gauntlet. But uh, originality, I mean, I can't say it's the most original game in the world because I'm sure there's other games out there that have done this kind of mechanic. It almost gives me kind of like Prince of Persia vibes too, along with the side-scrolling and the one-hit deaths and like Oddworld. It's almost like one of those more cinematic games, just like more action-oriented and fast twitch action and shooting. Mm. Uh, very cover based uh, a lot of platforming but it's fun um, it's only going to be five bucks when it comes out and I think it's like well worth the five bucks especially if you're one of those completionist types but even not like you'll probably put two to three hours to beat it even if you don't want the good ending and I think that's worth five dollars so if it's see it and it you know if it appeals to you check it out comes comes uh, recommended yeah I'm looking at a video of it now I definitely get I see like that kind of Blade Runner, but more like film noir style with their like nice bright neon against the gray washed like levels. Um, I will say the main character, I definitely get some uh, Jack Slater vibes from Last Action Hero, the way he's holding out his pistol. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, but no, I mean, it looks pretty cool. Now, do you ever get more than five bullets or is it always just five at a time? Yeah, there's no upgrades to your attacks. Or there's no different weapons. It's just you and your piece. It's just that. Okay. Yep. No, I mean it definitely. It, it it looks it looks like interesting. Like you said, for five bucks, this is one of those things. Honestly, then you know if it's five bucks, if it's on Switch or if it is on Steam. I don't know if you said it was. I know you said Android and. Switch. It is. It is. It is on Steam. Yeah. And I, I mean, think for the first week of it being uh, for sale, you're going to get like ten percent off. So. So yeah, you can, and, yeah, and this is one that cents. you will probably end up on on the summer or Luna sales, like, and when it's down to like two bucks or even less, this is one of those no brainers. Pick it up because it looks uh, like it would be a fun. 
This is one of those. This is one of those ones I can see being in a bundle for like ten cents, like eventually stuff like that. Yeah. Not to you know, not to bash the game in that way. It's just how Steam works with a lot of things. There's great yeah. games that are in those things. Yeah, that's yeah, no so knock if, on it, but yeah. Yeah, if you see it like super cheap, um, I would say definitely pick it up uh, for five bucks. That's up to you. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna say it's a game of the year kind of candidate, but for what it is, it's pretty damn fun. No, awesome. Yeah, yeah, this is one I would check out for sure. Yeah, and a big nice. shout out to Flynn's Arcade for giving me a code to check it out early. So yeah, definitely check it out. Nice. Yeah, I um, since last time we talked, obviously Starfield has been my my go to. Now I will say, even more so than the previous week, this past week between my daughter's birthday, shift for work, this and that, I've done dog dick, minimal minimal gaming. Um, but I have dived deeper into the story of Starfield, so I'm like. Uh, I can see where the the end of the tunnel is, um, but I decided to do that thing like you do in Skyrim and everything, where it's like I don't want to go too far in the main story. There's like four main factions, I think, and I want to do those because I like I always feel like of the Bethesda games, the most fun is the like faction quest, like whether it be Fallout, Elder Scrolls, whatever. Like you get some of the coolest story and moment th- pieces from that. Not that the main story isn't cool, because it definitely took some turns. I was like, oh, okay, I like where it's going. Um, but yeah, I still love the shit out of the game. Still have no complaints. I have yet to hit any game-breaking bugs. I mean, other than the like atypical, like sometimes it can get awkward if like you try to talk to someone and you keep spamming A, and then they just kind of look a little goofy when you're talking to them. Other than that, I've yet to run into a serious bug. So, right, I that's called the Bethesda magic, right there. That is <laughs> something that I enjoy about those games. But yeah, no, it's it's excellent, and I'll just continue singing its praises. Um, I, I said I will get to the point where I beat this, and I'll commit to beating that. As far as beating twenty three games, I, I am also committed. I'm going to finish Legend of Zelda. I'm going to finish th- Starfield. I know I'm going to ask for Mortal Kombat 1 uh, for my birthday. It just came out today as the day of we're recording. There's a big piece of me. I'm trying not to look up anything about it because I know I'm going to want it so much more if I do. So I'm just like, it's a game. It's a no-brainer. I know I'm going to get. I'll just ask for it for my birthday. So that way it forces me to wait for like, you know, about another month. And then I'll get that. And that'll be another game I beat. Outside of these three games... If I want to get to 23, there's going to have to be some uh, some easy ones thrown in there. I don't right. know. It's time It's time to whip out the Super Mario Lands. <laughs> Hit that Game Boy. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I can pull it out in the end. I don't know, though. It, it's going to be it's going to be tight, tight race, Chambers. Yeah, it's going to be a photo finish for me, too. But, uh, Chambers, um, speaking of games, so you know one of your next games you're going to have to dive into comes to us from our awesome patrons at a request with bionic commando oh shit that's right i fucking forgot about that yep yeah good old uh, rich dickman show Re- requested bionic commando so i do have to get around to starting that damn yeah. <laughs> so jim speaking of our awesome patrons what questions do we have this week well, Brian, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Where for as little as two bucks a month, you can ask a question and we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. So, uh, just one question this week uh, comes to us from Todd Howard Sucks. What is the closest you have come to death? 
Right, nothing but happy talk on this show. Yeah. I mean, it would be one of two situations for me. Um, or would that be three? I'll just count the two. Uh, the one is when I got in my car accident and my Camaro in high school. Um, Brian, don't just gloss over it. No, no, no. I no, no. I'm I'm saying like I was I was uh, going over a hundred. I was doing it when it had just freshly rained, uh, following our buddy. I remember it was Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. Me and Juan were on our way to get speakers because they were I'm, on I'm sale. glad you verified that. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's other Black Fridays. <laughs> um, then again, knowing you, Brian, racist. That's what you Damn call it, Friday, where you came from. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were headed to, I think, like, Tweeter. I think that old store. Um, oh, wow. So I think, like, it was a Black Friday sale for speakers or something. So, you know, we got up, driving out there. No shock. I I mean, I used to take that Camaro well over 160. I mean, I would drive like an asshole. So driving way too fast on, uh, 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 what was it, 295. Mm. A little wet. Um, apparently there was some oil on the road because for a straight three or four miles there was about seven cars in an accident off that same lane um as soon as i hit it i knew right away like i felt my tires just lock up and i was like oh fuck i don't have my seatbelt on and yeah spun hit the wall uh hit it nose on on the side spun hit the back spun hit the front and then finally spun to the point where I was facing oncoming traffic, but I was in the pullover lane. Um, but like my where my gas tank was got hit and all that shit. And I remember <laughs> as it was happening, the Blink One Eighty Two song um, "I Miss You" was on. And I remember the thing that really pissed me off was the uh, face to my radio popped off because like it was a new head unit I just got. I was like, God damn, cheap piece of shit. Like that. Like that was actually in my mind at that moment. Um, and I remember because I didn't have my seatbelt on, holding on the steering wheel as hard as I could and actually seeing the fucking airbag come out and thinking how much it stunk and it like never actually hit me. So like when it came out, like I moved my arms out as much as I could so I wouldn't get hit by it. And then it hit something in my car and broke the windshield. So yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, and then like I told the cop when he came over, I said, yeah, I was like, I try. I thought lowering my speed was smart. I was like, yeah, I was going like 70. He's like, oh, so you were speeding. And I, and like, you know, I'm not in the right frame of mind. He gave me a ticket. I was like, dude, I just fucking got in an accident. And he's like, well, you were speeding. And I just like threw it on the ground in front of him. I was like, dude, fuck you. Like I, you know, nothing ever came from that. Um, yeah, that was the one. Then the other time was uh, being held at gunpoint at flat spins because uh, one of uh, my buddies was getting into a fight with a dude and I guess was getting the better of him and a dude pulled a gun on us. And then the cops came and yeah, I guess that could have turned could have turned south real quick. So yeah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Right. Is, is that maybe part of the reason why flat spins is gone? That was a very uh, pivotal, I would say broke the camel's back moment <laughs> yeah and flat spins was also like an 18 and update of one of those clubs so for that to happen there oh boy yeah yeah what about you chambers 
I forget if I ever told this story in the podcast. Maybe it was like ages ago. But, you know, for all the new people here. Uh, so, uh, my buddy, his girlfriend at the time, uh, would always get tickets to Hershey Park through her dad. So it would be special Comcast day. So one year, there was a bunch of us, uh, my buddy, me, the girlfriend, and a couple of her friends. We all took one car up. Going up the, uh, the good old PA Turnpike. So, as we were coming home, uh, we were, so, you know, had a good weekend there, shit like that. Uh, as we were coming home, uh, we were in a station wagon. And the guy was up front with his girlfriend, and then it was me, my buddy, and his, uh, like, not all 90-pound uh, girlfriend in between us. And then their other buddy in the back of the station wagon. So, he's back there, he's sleeping, he's snoring away. And the driver goes, hey, I have an idea. I'm gonna jerk the wheel fast, and we're gonna start to scream. Like we're about, like we're getting in an accident to fuck with him. And my first thought was, ha! Huh. Notice that I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, so I put that shit on right away. Well, Brian, as fate would have it, he jerked the wheel, and let's just say, an old beat-up uh, station wagon wasn't made for that, doing like 80 on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So, of course, loses control, bashes right into the median. We skid for about a hundred yards on the side of the car, on my side, of course, as we're, you know, sideways, and then it flips all the way over. So, as we're hanging there, all of a sudden, like, you know, cars stop by us as we're getting, like, our thoughts together, and we hear a voice from outside the car, the engine's on fire, get the fuck out! So, after that happens, the 90-pound girlfriend in between us unbuckles her thing, plops down, and just bashes open the goddamn car door like she was pure adrenaline at that point so uh yeah we get out of there and i mean shockingly all of us were basically fine so the front of the car kind of caved in onto the uh like the driver's side and like the two in the front but it's one of those weird situations where if they were wearing their seatbelt, they would probably be dead with how it caved in but since they weren't they like avoided that now, the guy, like, bashed his face on the wheel, like, his gum line, like, got pushed up, shit like that. Like, we all had, like, some cuts and crap like that. But, yeah, for the most part, we all walked away from it, like, shockingly fine. But that's one of those things that could have gone so south so goddamn quick. Mm-hmm. How mad were you guys at him after that? Well, I think there's just so much shock. Like, you're obviously mad, but, like, it's more just, like... Well, no, not at the immediate I'm saying, like, you get you guys get a weekend or so, like... Does it settle in and you're like, you motherfucker? Maybe. Like, this was like, he wasn't a guy that I hung out with regularly. So, I don't even know if I ever saw him again after that fact. Mm. So, I didn't even have the chance to be mad at him. But, yeah, that's definitely one of those things that I was like, holy shit, that just happened. <laughs> and, Bri, the real, the real victim here. I remember what got lost in, in the tragedy. One of your, what was it, two or three post office shirts? Six. I had six of them. So, yeah, one of my first internships at college was at the post office. They were making a new distribution center. So when I was leaving, they gave me just a fuckload. They're like, you want some T-shirts? I was like, yeah. They're like, how many you want? I was like, I don't know. How many you want to give me? And they just gave me a pile. So I had like six of these fucking things. Awful gray, not well-fitting on my fat boy body. Uh, The back had a picture of the post office that said, I've been there. Tell me about it, which became a running joke among my friends because that was like the only T-shirt I wore. I was going to say, the amount you wore that was... I still don't even know why you wore it as much as you did, but you just did. (laughs) Laziness, and I really didn't have that many shirts. 
and I would rather spend my money back then on weed than on upping my wardrobe. How I didn't get laid in college, I'll never know. <laughs> but yeah, so when the uh, the hit happened, uh, I actually had to take that shirt off because, like, we went through like the we we're walking by the water park, and I just got like splashed like crazy. So I just borrowed like one of their hoodies for like the rest of the day, basically. So when the, we were on our side, that actually like fell under me and probably prevented my arm from getting like shredded to shit. So mm. that shirt was a like, goddamn hero, Brian. You don't talk <laughs> shit on those fucking shirts. Do you have any more of those left? I might have one left. Oh, you got to get that shit framed or something. I do have to get that framed. I got to see that, if I still have it. They, you know they, they all disintegrated. <laughs> I want to see. You don't have to get get it where it's like the full shirt. I just want you to get the I've worked there or asked me about it. I wanted you to get that section like rolled up and hang it in your game room. I, I should do that. Put that in like a shadow box. Mm-hmm. With a little, uh, little little LED strip above it. Do I it. don't. Re- I don't. Here's the problem. I don't remember seeing it after unpacking all my clothes. So I don't know if I even had it yet by the time I moved. But I'll have to double check and see. Son of a bitch. You know I, ho- I hope I do. I hope I do, Brian. That's an item you need to go on eBay and find. Philly P and DC, I've been there talking to me about a t-shirt. I bet you somebody's got it. Circa 2007. You know what? Maybe. If any of our listeners out there know anyone who worked at that post office back then, let me know. Yeah. No, but yeah. Yeah. uh, Those near-death experiences, they give you a uh, a new feeling. I'll say that. Oh, they sure do. And at the very least, they give you a story for the rest of the time. Yeah. No, so Todd Howard, good question, bud. Yep. Speaking of Bethesda, good old Todd Howard coming through with a great game for Brian and a good question for us. Yeah, so once again, thank yeah. you to our patrons for all the support. Uh, and speaking of our Patreon, make sure to check that link below for the Krusty Corner for Bri. There is a certain little congressional woman got a little frisky during a certain show. She's a hottie. She is. I wish that was me. And but- Jim, speaking of our Patreon, I also want to mention... Uh, by the time you're watching this, if you are in our $5 tier, we have the new episode of our bonus beers with our good buddy, Nerdy Nick, and uh, we reviewed Problem Child, a gem and a favorite from my childhood, which was randomly asked. I was so happy to watch it, but check it out if you want to see what Jim and Nick thought of it. Yeah, I had never seen it before then, so you can see my first time impressions with it, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Mm-mm-mm. Those who know, you know. And also, a quick shout out to Nick. Check out his N Squared podcast. Yes. So, Chambers, you know, uh, Brian, <laughs> before we even move into that, right? We didn't go through the normal itinerary. What are you that's, drinking? That's exactly what I was about to say. Um, so, Chambers, uh, I, I think you had something. I don't know if you had any of them when you were over, but uh, I'm going through the Sam Adams Jack O' Lanterns. Yes, I uh, had one of them. Yeah, they're pumpkin ales and. Dude, Sam Adams just can't fucking miss. Like, I'm still waiting to have that Sam Adams. I'm like, oh, this is bad. The The more I have of this, the more I enjoy it. It is extremely smooth. Very heavy with the vanilla, which I like vanilla. Um, so it has like almost a creamy texture to it. It's got the cinnamon. It's got nutmeg, all the other pumpkin staples you would expect. It's just so damn good. Nice thing is, it's 4.4%, so it's not kicking you on your ass. But what's deceptive is it sits a little heavy for a only 4.4%er. I guess it's just all the flavors and, and the sugars and whatnot. Um, so it's not one you're going to want to down like more than maybe three at a given time. 
but still like delicious and even if you're a pumpkin naysayer i would say give this a try because it's not over overtly like oh my god so much pumpkin flavor yep yeah i mean i did have that one over your house and you know it's just goddamn good yeah and it's funny like thinking back to like when i was a little you know when i was a beer pussy and i was not used to anything craft at all and like drinking a sam like a regular sam adams i was like oh my god what the hell is this like this is disgusting yeah and now looking back like a sam adams can be like any smoother oh dude the, the standard that that vienna style lager i look for those and i've had two other ones that's such a rare style to do it's just so goddamn good man hate Indeed. to give it to those bostonians but i'll give them that yeah they are pricks but they brew a good beer they do what are you drinking tonight chambers well brian mine comes from the fagley's brew works the devious imperial pumpkin so this is like the total opposite of brian's where this is nine percent alcohol <laughs> so so when i was over brian like i did the after party for his daughter's birthday party so i came over i had one of these and one of the the sam adams's and i was like i gotta stop <laughs> because I was just in there like, holy crap, this is really kicking in already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so no right up here, but it says drink fresh, do not age. Drink fresh, do not age. Drink fresh, do not age. Okay, it just repeats that at the bottom. But you know what? Uh, it's an ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. Simple as that. And you taste the pumpkin, you taste the spice, but God damn, is it like well-balanced. Mm-hmm. Like Even when it was colder, even as it's warming up a little bit. Like, it's not like the beer I had last week where it was, like, almost undrinkable when it was cold, but, and then it mellowed out. Like, this is just a really well-mixed kind of beer. Fagley's is, like, one of those ones I think is, like, kind of really underrated as a brewery mm-hmm. almost in general. Like, I like their Root Elf a lot. Uh, I like this a lot. I've had one or two of their other ones, and I, I know I at least enjoy them. But it's not one that, like, the beer people ever really talk about, weirdly enough. Yeah, they they fly under the radar. Like I think they're just overshined by Trogues, Victory, all the other biggies. Um, I don't know why. Uh, that that beer, I remember one of the first years we were doing this, and we were doing the beer reviews and everything. I had that one, and that was like my first big like high alcohol pumpkin beer, and I went, "Oh shit, like this mm-hmm. is good." So and yeah, it, it, and it doesn't taste boozy at all. Like no. it's it is dangerous. It'll sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I thought the same thing. I'm like, fuck, we forgot to talk about the beer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait but, a second. But the transition was too good. But Jim, speaking of beer. Right, speaking of transitioning. <laughs> I see what you did there, and I like it. Um God damn, I was hoping for a week where we didn't have to talk about Bud Light Chambers, but <laughs> it, never it just stops. It just keeps going, and at this point, there is a part of me that's like, I, listen, I, I've laid it out very clearly. I have no sympathy for Bud Light. I love the fact that you have an audience. I don't care right or wrong. They're doing what I want every audience of video games, music, movies to do. They're talking with their wallets, and they're not buying the product, and it's now getting so bad that they're actually losing like the cold section shelves in Walmarts and... Um, 7-Elevens, which is, you know, from this report, which comes from uh, NewYorkPost.com, the link will be below. Basically, that is like, if you want a chance to have big sales figures in the United States, like you need beer in those cold sections, like that is the one of the number one metrics, apparently. And to pull it from Walmart and 7-Eleven, whoo, that is, uh, 
big. I mean, they're already losing to Modelo. Yingling's coming up. Um, you know, here's the deal. It's like, there's not one part of me that's like poor Bud Light. Like, it's one of those that are too big to fail. I don't care. Like, they're just never going to probably make the same profits and numbers they used to. And I don't care because there's so many other options. And as we've talked about, you know, Modelo's, Yingling's, give other shit a try. Like, it's not like Budweiser's going anywhere or anything else. I don't know. I mean, Jim, you seem to have a little more sympathy, I feel like, based on that, what we've covered for this. I think you're just more mad at people that are still boycotting it. But I think it's like they're not even like purposefully doing it. It's what I suggested before, which is once it fell off, there's no reason for them to really go back. So I don't think it's really a continued push like, yeah, keep stopping doing Bud Light. I think it's more like, yeah, we don't we just don't need it now. So no, I mean, go to it. It is probably partially that they're probably teetering as is because like Bud Light's not a good product. Like it like if you get like I actually I think the only light beer I like anymore is Coors Light and Keystone, like the like the Coors family, because like I like I've had Bud Light recently. And I'm like, eh. I've had Miller Light recently, and I was like, oh man, this is like kind yeah, of both. accurate. Like they kind of suck. Like yeah. m- maybe like Coors and Keystone are just lighter in general, but like I don't know, it's just not enjoyable. So it was probably walking a fine line as is, but unfortunately, be- me being a social media guy, like. You just see people constantly tiptoeing around trying to say, I don't like trans people because they just want to say, I don't like Bud Light because they're pushing it. And it's like, pushing what? And they're like, you know what they're pushing. Woke shit. It's like, it's like, all right. So, like, I see it. It's like, I've said it before. I hate that the right thing's happening for the wrong reason. Like, no one's ever been pissed off about bad business practices. I've never seen any boycott of any big company ever last this goddamn long. So... Like, there's only one outlier, and the outlier is the person they're mad at. So that's probably the reason for it, which makes it shitty. But at the end of the day, it's happening, and a bad thing's happening to a bad company. So then who cares? It's one of those (laughs) things. Yeah, I mean, I just foresee it'll... I think Bud Light will always remain in top 10 best sales, but it probably falls into that lower tier in the, in the number seven or eight or not. Like I, th- I could easily see it shifting to there. Guess what? You're still talking about billions of dollars of profit. You'll be fine. Yeah. Like, and they still own so many goddamn craft breweries and other licenses and shit like that. And AB InBev, the parent company uh, outside of the United States I mean, I think they do just straight up own Modelo, but in the United States, they can't be yeah. the distributor. Like, that's the rule. So no matter what, they still own it, so it doesn't even fucking matter. No, just they just shipped it to another ABF yeah. company. But it's, yeah, they're, this brand, as we know it, it just, you know, it's getting pushed out. And it's just one of those, like, who cares? I, It's just weird to me, anyone defending too hard, but, like, because you're like, why? You never cared about them before. Just, like, the same reasons, like... It's bad reasons to defend them, just to defend them. It's like, I hate the defense of of these large companies. Like, they need your defense. We know what they it is. Don't. I haven't seen a single person defend them. Like, people are defending, like, that, you know, it's all being directed at Dylan Mulvaney, and they're, like, defending her. No one's defending Bud Light themselves. So, like, people on the left are defending Dylan. People on the right are, you know, just destroying Bud Light because of her, but... No one's defending, like, the actual company itself, which is kind of funny to see. I mean, also, don't defend Dylan. 
She's an asshole. I mean... How is she an asshole, though? I know she's annoying, but how is she an asshole? Being annoying is being an asshole, Jim. I don't... It, you could name anyone that's an influence her like her. I do, I I do hate influencers. So, like... So, I would say they're all assholes. So, she's not special because she's uh, an influencer that's not as well-known. She's still an asshole. I'm saying they're all assholes. Like, yeah, but they're not hating like, her because she's an influencer. They're hating her because of what she is. So... Yeah, but I'm saying... Bud Light... You should have picked someone who was less controversial. Period. Probably would have been smart. Yeah. I mean, those ads were friggin' terrible. But it was only like... It wasn't like they were multiple ads. It was like two Instagram I mean, posts. And that Jim, was it. For, for the little bit I'm, I was online, for that week or two that it ran, Instagram, Facebook, I couldn't escape it. And I saw about four or five alternate videos of it. In a bathtub, in a hotel room, in a... The stack of can't like there i the very limited amount i have i was like all right all right all right i don't know who this is but i'm like i was like this is just annoying now me i didn't give two shits it, it, it didn't affect me i wasn't buying bud light to begin with but like say what you will i mean maybe they're, because they're, you're more of the instagram guy than i am maybe you saw more because on the twitter end like i saw like one or two things and then it was just like it was almost like a non-factor yeah. For anything, I mean, like, outside of, like, the Instagram bubble. I mean, but wasn't it also run on TV, too? Not that I know of. I think it was just Instagram. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was on I, TV. I think people were saying they were running an ad camp. I could be wrong, but I think people were saying it, but, like, I don't remember any ever seeing any TV ad. I think it was all just Instagram posts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, well. Bud Light. I'm not going to shed a tear. Oh, well. Yeah. Fuck him. Still have Modelo, <laughs> so it doesn't even matter in the long run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, goddamn, next week we don't have to talk about that fucking topic. Can we there'll, please not have a news story real often? There'll be something, but I, I, yeah. I like that. Come, it's like I don't. It's like, man, I wanted to dive at the same time. I'm fascinated. It's one of those now. It's like, how far can it go? You know, and, and it is going to keep happening because it's just like the go-to right now, though, too. It's also now we're going to get the pendulum swinging the other way and you are going to see the most right-leaning go America Bud Light boots in the dirt fucking commercials that are going to get even more annoying. Oh dude, they they've already had it's so I know. funny I saw watching football. On, oh my god, yeah. What I'm waiting for, here's the next thing. It, it's like a guy riding a horse riding a tractor. It's trying to be like that American. There's going to be I I predict one of the controversies will be what of I know it's tied to NFL. I don't know what other leagues, like if it's MLB, NHL, NBA. Um, when an athlete's like, I don't want to be endorsed by them, or I don't want to promote their product, that'll be the next hot thing. Like, I could make more money being promoted by da 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 da, or something like that. That'll be the next thing, I think. You know what? That probably will happen at some point. Hasn't happened yet, but that probably yeah. will happen at some point. Yeah. But no, we'll keep following it if it keeps popping up. It just, it's a thing that won't die, Jambers. really is. It's the Energizer Bunny of beer stories. But damn, Jambers, speaking of something that is has died and is being reborn, um, Telltale. Well, not Telltale, but uh, The Wolf Among Us and Fables, which is what The Wolf Among Us is based on. Uh, the creator has had a lot of differences with DC over the past year. Um, and has now opted to put the entire franchise into public domain. 
I mean, from this article from Eurogamer.net, I we don't have to cover every aspect of it, but um, basically, Bill Willing, man, don't have the name Bill if your last name's Willingham. Bill Willingham. Um, yeah. Bill Willingham. Uh, he, you know, he's been trying to negotiate with DC. Apparently, it's been nightmarish. It sounds like DC were real dicks, and he had a very significant concern with not only the contract but the philosophy and how they were looking to maybe take this this ip apparently it was enough for him to go you know what if it's going to end up in your hands anyway fuck it i want it to end up in some good hands as well and basically it's it's public domain and according to this article and i do know this for a fact just because of george romero and naya living dead and that whole situation once something goes public domain there's no pulling back like I don't care what DC tries to throw at it. You're not getting it back. George Romero, the number one reason why the number one movie, horror movie you will see in any given movie is Night of the Living Dead is because it was public domain. So he never made a goddamn dynamo off that movie. And he tried and tried and tried. Couldn't ever get the rights back. So yeah, um, pretty goddamn ballsy move without knowing, like we're only hearing from his side because DC Comics didn't want to comment formally on this issue yet but man i mean i don't know nothing about dc and how they deal with folks but uh i don't know what do you think do you think it's an overreaction or is it a like yeah there's something nice about it right like if you're afraid that the thing you created could turn shitty do you do this move i don't know i mean i respect it as like a big fuck you to like a publisher he doesn't like but the more I, like, as I read, if you read the whole article, we have the link below. Yeah. I get the idea he either has the worst agent of all time, or he, like, didn't have an agent or lawyer at all review any of these contracts. Because, yeah. like, it just kind of reads, because he says at one point that, you know, he was having a big back and forth of them and about money that was owed for licensing Fables. And for one who didn't read Fables, I remember it being, like, kind of a big deal in, like, the early to mid-2000s. And basically, he took old, you know, fables that had been told through time and put it through, like, a more modern lens and did it through DC Comics. Like, it was a cool series. And so, but if you read his quotes, like, this guy seems like a dreamer to me. Maybe he's too trusting. Maybe, because even one of his things, he was like, if I couldn't prevent fables from falling into bad hands, at least this way I can arrange it that it also falls into many good hands. Since I truly believe that there is still good people in the world and bad ones, I count this as a form of victory. It's just like, man, that is just so, like, hopeful, and I hate to be maybe a pessimist or a cynic here, but, like, almost not based in reality. Like, you gotta watch your ass when it comes to anything with any kind of big business. And he tells stories about how he was bringing up royalties and shit like that from how it was being traded and what they were doing with his property. And he was having calls where DC was being like, yeah, we'll pay you back monies for licensing to Telltale. And then they later reneged on it and promised instead of a consulting fee. And basically they just said, we're going to pay you what's in a contract. Which, unfortunately, shitty move as it can be, companies have the right to do it. Like, he signed it. Do you think this is a... I mean, I'm not going to act like i know the world of comics in its current state right now because let's put it this way published comics are nothing compared to the cinematic the everything else universes of these of these companies um 
is this a, a little bit of a, a stain on DC? And do you think it, you know, it starts building a reputation of them being shitty at all? It's definitely a bad look. And like with, for the little while that I was really into comics, like I was a big DC guy. But DC com like DC Comics in general has been a mess for the past like 15 years. So just like in their like normal canon, they did this thing. They did like a whole world universe reset like 15 years ago called like the New 52 where they just like reset everything. And they made like new stories out of like established heroes and like reinvented all of them and redid stuff. Then they had stories where like the old ones from like the old Earth One or Earth Prime would come back and it was like a confusing mess. So DC is kind of in this weird tailspin, which translated over into their movies division, where they know what the fuck they're doing. And so I don't even know if they have like the goodwill right now to pull off like, like this isn't good PR at all. Like it no, makes that's what I like mean. Dicks. Yeah. I don't know. I you pointed out like this guy maybe he was a little too, a little too green, bad agent, too hopeful. I don't know. It sounds unfortunate for him. Maybe he's a little like. Because once you get in the hands of these big things, like there's going to be that corporate fuckery, unfortunately. Sure. So I mean, not like not the victim blame, I guess, and for lack of a better term, but you know, maybe he went into it, or maybe it's naivety, like we're saying. Maybe he went into it thinking, yeah, they're going to publish it, and I get to do what I want with my story. Where like you know, DC was changing things, and then especially once Telltale started to make their own version of his story, like they changed things for the sake of the game, and with DC's influence, so. You know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, it sounds like. And he's just kind of like being like, you know, what the fuck? This isn't what I made. Jim, I mean, you're a, a well-known defender of large companies and screwing over the little guys. Of course. I mean, I mean th this one, like you said, the interesting thing, it going public domain could be interesting. Could have, you know, fan-made games now, this and that. Like, I think that that breeds nothing but good for that ip and franchise and you know what cool like let's see how that turns out you know but uh you know i did want to mention you uh you and your defense of random people one of your goddamn tweets it pissed me off i mean a lot of your tweets pissed me off but well, the one the one that i was like man i don't know what happened to you and your love and defense of nintendo and the switch but you can't just laugh at the memes of how fucking terrible Mortal Kombat is. I am looks. not laughing. Not I am not. Okay. I am not not laughing at the memes of how bad Mortal Kombat looks. Yeah. All I'm doing is just dunking on the people who are trying to pretend why would they put it on the Switch. That's what it is. Why do you got to defend Nintendo? They, do they need your help, Jim? I'm not defending <laughs> Nintendo. I'm defending Mortal Kombat putting it on the fucking Switch. No, but you, but you're like putting up Nintendo sale switch. That's the reason. There's no just, other reason to just, put Mortal Kombat on a seven-year-old system. How, just laugh at how bad it is. That's all you need to do, I, Jim. Right? Did you even read the fucking tweet? Did you read the original I did, one I did. where the guy I went, did. "Why would they ever deal with? Why would they ever put this on there?" That's yeah. the reason because there's an install base of 120 million units. That's but why. It's so a good question. It's a terrible idea. It's still no, terrible. it isn't. I, I'm saying from a business standpoint. A, but there, the, you know what the terrible there, idea is? Not porting it to the PS4 that sold 130 million. Well, too. that's stupid too. But here's the deal. Don't the don't say is, it's stupid to do that is, and then to put it on a Switch and say that's stupid. Putting it on a Switch is stupid. That doesn't work like that. There comes a point of pride, right? There there comes a point of pride, and there is a point Fuck of pride. It's about this money. Looks, this looks so bad. You're like, come on. At some point, you got to say, what are we doing here? There's lots of things, right? Like, at some point, you just go, what are we doing here? 
This this looks goddamn awful. You know, like, come on. You don't stop porting shit to the Switch is my point. Just don't do it anymore. Just don't do it. Yeah, you don't have to. And it looks like shit. And hell, Mortal Kombat 11 kind of looked like shit on there too. And you know what? Kind of. It completely. Every Nintendo has never done a good Mortal Kombat game. They always on N64. Looks like shit. We've been over all this. It looked better on Super NES. See, it wrong. did. It did. Eat my dick. You're right. It didn't have blood though. Looked better on GameCube. Two. Progressive. Progressive. <laughs> not interlace. Looked better on there. Eh, Stronger nah, I system. Still like PS2. But stop defending Nintendo. Is my point, Jim. I'm not in defending Nintendo on this. I'm defending Jim. the reason to put it on Nintendo. Jim, you were basically like our crusty corner. You're you're being felt up by Nintendo, and you're just taking it, and you're just rubbing them over the pants. That's what you need to stop doing, all right? And that's a little nod to our episode on Patreon. Right, they've rubbed me it. over the pants for seven years, all right? <laughs> I walk away a happy boy. But no, the point of it was, the, like, it's such a disingenuous argument, like, why would they ever put this on the Nintendo Switch? It's like, fucking idiot. It's You're going to put it on the thing where that's everywhere, that everyone has. That's why you, but, you want sales, you put it on there. But, Jim, let me, let me add on my other issue is, why are you engaging with anyone on the internet about some dumb shit? That's the point of social media. I'm trying to get our fucking name out there. Do 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 better engagement, all right, Chambers? Do I'm goddamn trying. I'll, oh, fine. I'll just post a Patrick meme and fucking write what opinion on fucking dick nuts has your fucking opinion like this. There. I'll do what everyone else is doing. I'll just steal memes like every other content thing. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> and then you'll bitch at me for having no integrity. God, there's no fucking pleasing. You me. don't have integrity. Don't act like you have integrity that's all of a right sudden. If you're, that's the problem. If you had integrity, I would support it. You don't have it. I know you'd whore yourself out, so whore yourself out. That's all I want. I whore myself out within reason, Brian. <laughs> but no, I also brought this up because uh, a little quick thing I wanted to throw in here. I've talked about... The, the downfall of asymmetrical games and games that have fallen off or being pulled left and right, well, it seems like it's the beginning of the end for the Evil Dead game. Uh, that was quick. Way too quick. Basically, they just said, hey, we've made a decision to uh, not continue development new content for the Evil Dead game. And they also confirmed they will not be releasing on the Switch. Um, they said, we're going to keep the servers up for this foreseeable future and address any major issues that arise. Uh, you see a sum like this, you know it's like, whatever. Is it a year? Is it two years? Dead in a year. You're lucky um, to get a year out of it. I've mentioned over the past year, probably, VHS has dropped off, completely shut down everything. Uh, Friday the 13th, they'll officially finally close public servers at the end of next year, in 2024. This one. I said I've been enjoying the shit out of you now. Now, right now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still going strong. I hope it continues to. Yeah, Brian, when's, got, when's the last time you played Evil Dead? <sighs> Evil Dead. Oh, it's been at least two months. There you go. If not longer. No, 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 I'm not. What I'm sad though is like this model, and I want these games to have a feature like Friday the 13th. It's like then at least leave some kind of single-player feature that you don't have to maintain servers. That's always been my issue with these games. You get these kick-ass IP licenses, and I know the hot thing right now is doing online multiplayer and asymmetrical, but motherfucker, can you please just make a goddamn game that I don't need servers to rely on? Because Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I love that movie. That's a game coming out. I know it already got pushed. I don't know if it's this year or next year. 
It's going to be a multiplayer game. I wouldn't shock me if there's not a single player mode or whatever. Like, all these great horror franchise IPs, can you please just fucking stop making these kind of games? Single player games can work, guys. I promise you. Just make a good one. That's nope. my number one nope. complaint. Too easy, Brian. Too easy to shit out the same genre as everyone else. It's killing me. It is killing me. And of course I'm going to buy it because it's like I've been waiting since I was a kid to finally play games for these franchises because what are your other fucking options with Evil Dead? That terrible, like, well, I have some of, the, some of them. There's, only, there's like one good PS2 game, but the other ones are all mostly dog shit. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I want to play a good Evil Dead game, but I don't have to now worry about it d- disappearing in a year. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, I just it, had to weird. throw like, it in there. Evil Dead was like, you know, at least, you know, it's horror, so it's still going to be like niche in a way. But like that had a hardcore rabid fan base. Killer Clowns from Outer Space has been niche of niche. That was like a cult classic of a niche fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I don't see how that has any chance to last longer than like six months. Doesn't. Everyone who likes it's going to play it like, you know, for an hour. He'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Just like the other games and then never yeah. touch it again. Every horror streamer will stream it for a week, lead up, get their reviews, blah, 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 blah. And I guess it helps right now. Like, if you go into a Spirit Halloween, like, they have a giant Killer Clowns from Outer Space section. Which I I'm did like, see I that. I was like, I don't know why I liked some of the things, but I'm also like, I don't know why. Just like they've had Beetlejuice for a while and Hocus Pocus. That makes scary. sense. Well, at least Ho- Hocus Pocus, uh, that's for white women, Brian. That's why. Well, so. yeah, of course. I mean... Beetlejuice, I'm kind of surprised that the section's as big as it is there. I guess they're just banking on the sequel news. I don't know. But that that section's been there for a while. That's one that, yeah, like I I love it. But yeah, Killer Clowns, it doesn't have the legs. If you have a bunch of me's out there, it would. But not everyone's like me. So yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) So we were at uh, Spirit Halloween recently. And um, you know how they have the mini haunted house you walk through little stand mm-hmm. shit like that so my daughter was scared to like walk through there so uh my wife is like don't worry nothing in here is like real or actually going to scare you and there's like one little like w- like it was like a four foot tall clown but it's the one that just like kind of will like pop uh, up when you walk yeah. by it with the knife and like it popped up right as she said that she was like ah and then like my daughter <laughs> just like got all scared just and she, like, bolted that. out <laughs> yeah sandy just starts peeing herself laughing just it, the timing was perfect for it was it, yeah but, <laughs> oh, that's why. That's that's why Halloween's the best, man. Some scares, some candy, some fun. It's all good, Jim. It's all good. Yeah. Support it more. And the candy for my fat <laughs> fat titties. Damn it! <laughs> but yeah, I I had to throw this in here. I know it wasn't on our docket, but yeah, it's another one. Um, I'll give it a year. I'll give it maybe two. Best case that the server stay open. Yeah, when you threw that on there, I was like, why the fuck are we talking about this game? I was like, oh my god, it's already shutting down? Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. But Chambers, uh, one of the items that we have... We haven't directly ever talked about this, but I've, I've definitely... I know I've thrown it out there about the friggin' Microsoft and the acquisition happiness that they've gone. and in I, a, I feel like we talked about this like when it was rumored. No, we talked about it when people were talking about the story of when they tried to buy Nintendo back in like the early 2000s. That's what it was. Yeah, but we've also talked about like when Activision happened. And we said, well, what if they tried to buy Sega? And... I, and my big joke was it was it would be the WWE move. Like, what if they tried to buy Nintendo? Like, knowing, like, yeah, obviously, I'm sure... I don't I don't know if Nintendo is bigger than Microsoft. 
No, I know not. they're. Yeah, um, but I mean, so, in, in gaming, sure, but like as companies, got no. get yeah. But here's the thing. So what I didn't understand, and we have this. It's from re reset era. Reset I mean, this era. was kind of posted everywhere. So wh- where this all came from, just to, before you get into it, Bry, is so part of the FTC findings and all this bullshit like that. Uh, you know, Microsoft had to submit documents for it. So the thought about we're recording this on the 19th. The thought about a day ago, two days ago, is that, oh, my God, there's some leaker in the FTC who put all this info out there. And even besides this article we're going to read, like there was info about how Xbox is already planning on releasing a Series X with no disc variant Mm -hmm. and a new controller with haptic feedback and like a schedule for like game releases that are going to be coming out there. Like, you know, Doom Eternal DLC and uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 becoming the next gen systems and shit like that. Uh, the fact that Fallout, uh, no, Elder Scrolls Six won't be coming to PlayStation. All this news, everyone's like, holy crap, this is huge. Who would have done this? Okay, it turns out it was Microsoft and they fucked up. Yep. I mean, and, and this one is listed as Exhibit PX1208. Uh, um, it's basically email between Phil Spencer and Chris Capacella and... Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC? Damn it. They're coming back. And uh, Takeshi Numoto. Um, basically. Bride Takeshi. Just... Damn it. Bride be a better weeb. Um, yeah, I mean, all he's basically saying is, like, yeah, Nintendo would be the best asset for us to obtain. And, like, he's he's projecting out what they're actually doing now he, he's like you know we if we want to have relevance with consumers they're to go to blah 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 um he, and he's basically saying like you know we have some cash that we're sitting on let's try to make it happen this mind you this email is from august of 2020 so yeah. it's a, it's a long time ago it was before they bought zenimax so or yeah. before they closed on it yeah, and they also talked about buying WB. So, you know, it's one of those deals where what I'm interested in is, like, I see the responses in this article, and some people are like, oh, my God, I'm so shocked. I'm like, why? That That's like, my big thing. Like, everyone's talking about this like it's some kind of big, surprising news. Like, yeah, Phil Spencer's saying it would be, like, a career moment. Like, yeah, as we've seen, like, we already know Xbox is buy happy when it comes to other studios uh like you know anyone making those dunks of like you know i wish they put this much effort into making their own games yeah i agree they probably should but they don't this is how they do their business but i just don't get it just seems like disingenuous to act surprised that there would be an email where they say they would love to buy nintendo like of course they fucking would. of course i like I'm, there's nothing they shocking bought about them. minecraft yeah they bought minecraft they but the biggest company with the biggest game with Activision and Call of Duty, like they've bought Bethesda, like they've bought. Well, Brian, all they're trying. The they're trying to buy Activision. They bought. It's bought. I'm just saying, it's bought at this point. It, it seems like um, a done deal. Like really, if they bought Sega, I don't. I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like the only thing left. Just out of pure pride, you know PlayStation would never go. But, like, yeah, obviously Nintendo would be the whale for any fucking company to say, I bought Nintendo. Of course. Why is that a shocker? And why is it a shocker that they would even be, like, saying, like, we want to position ourselves to buy it? 
Like, that's there's nothing wrong with that statement. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something where people don't understand how it works of like, do I want to succeed? Sure. Do you want the best thing out there? Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked. Why? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It is funny seeing like the Nintendo centric accounts who are just like morally offended by the idea of this. <laughs> and it's like, Leah, I don't want to see Nintendo. Like, I love the Switch. I love what Nintendo is doing right now. Even when Nintendo is doing bad, they still have, like, cool ideas. Like, I want to see Nintendo still be Nintendo. They have their own charm. But I, I know, Brian, you hate Nintendo. But No, 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 no. I know. What I'm saying is, do you really think my my thought is, if Microsoft, let's say, let's, let's live out this fantasy. Microsoft bought Nintendo. They want to ma- maximize making money. They know what Nintendo does works. All they're going to do is be like, just make sure we can somehow get Game Pass on there and you have exclusive rights for some online games just through Game Pass and that's all we really want and we take 10%, whatever the percentage is. They're just like, you do, you keep developing exactly what you need to, but hey, now also in Smash Brothers and all these multi-things, have Master Chief, have these, like, just throw our IPs in there. Outside of that, do what you're doing because you do it the best. I think that's one thing Microsoft, like, they don't want to... They're not going to try to imprint their... It'd be the inverse. If Nintendo bought Microsoft, every Microsoft game would become a Nintendo-style game. And I think that would be imprinted differently. Whereas I feel like Microsoft would just be like, just squeeze in our IPs here and keep Game Pass. That's it. It is like a yes and no kind of thing because like, they are... More recently, they're more hands-off with shit because... like. Nintendo, like Microsoft admits that if they were more involved in Redfall, it probably wouldn't have been the disaster that it was. So, but there's also the thing of, you know, they bought Bethesda. And for all the times they were saying, oh yeah, we're still going to be releasing, you know, all the games cross-platform and shit like that. And then the news just came out. It's like, no Elder Scrolls 6 is not coming to PlayStation. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they can turn their back on something at any time. Now, obviously logic dictates that if you buy a big company like that you're making you're gonna have exclusives to make people want to buy your thing so we talked about the option that they could just you know lease it out to everybody and make the money that way but i also see the argument of you know making it exclusive that's why you bought this fucking thing so like i could easily see them just being like make zelda for an xbox console like you know i could i I mean see that being a future thing too if that like this will never happen at least for the future for the near future because Nintendo is, like, if fucking Sega won't give up their old Japanese, like, you know, we don't want to be owned by the West ways, then God knows Nintendo isn't going to do it because Nintendo's actually successful. So, it's a thing that most likely will never happen. But but let me ask you this, Chambers. I mean, putting that aside, all you're talking about, though, is it's not Microsoft coming in there and being like, we have an idea of what you need to do with your games. Like, they're just basically saying, we want to put shit exclusive. Bethesda, do your thing, but now we're just not going to release everywhere. Let's say Microsoft does the same thing. Um, they'll still say, yeah, yeah, Nintendo, have your peripherals, your goofy, do, do your thing. But yeah, you're right. The next Legend of Zelda is also going to be on Xbox. Here's my question. Why is that a bad thing? Because it's not on a Nintendo console. <laughs> so, see, again, why is it bad? <laughs> that would actually be really fucking... See, because the argument the entire time about why people hate these acquisitions 
is because it's all third-party multiplied companies that are now owned by one thing. It would be so interesting. Like, if they bought a Nintendo and they... Because Nintendo properties have always been tied just to Nintendo. Yeah. So if they bought it and it was just tied to Microsoft at that point, would you still have the same bitch about it? It'd be weird. A little weird. Wouldn't it? I mean, all it would do is make Zelda and every first-party Nintendo game even bigger, if you can imagine that. Like, the sales would just be higher than they are now. Because now you would be have it, in theory, available on Xboxes and Nintendo consoles. On, well, there probably won't even be Nintendo consoles at that point. It'll I be, think they still would do a hand, some... I, like like I said, I don't imagine... It would be stupid for them to not ha- make them handle the handheld division. I, I would exactly. Say. Yeah. But, I mean, we've said, though. Nintendo, you got your, your little gimmicks. I, I don't think they're necessary. I don't think they add value. Like, like the Switch, other than portability, there's no other gimmick about the Switch I think's good. Yeah, but I that's think. like the ultimate gimmick. But what I'm saying is, that's what I'm saying. Like, So just maintain portability. I don't need to rotate the Switch when I'm playing. I don't need the shitty little Joy-Cons. Like, give me an Xbox controller, and guess what? I'll have just as much fun in Mario Kart. I don't need the Joy-Con to have fun with it. You know, like... That that's my point. Is like, yeah, Nintendo, you build the the handheld shit and make it playable there too. But yeah, Legend of Zelda, come on over to Microsoft. That'd be a weird, it, wild it, world. I don't know. I mean, then the West finally does win, Jim. Go USA. Ah. They shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have woken a sleeping giant. That's all I'm saying, Jim. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> They they hit first. One, they drew one first of the blood. Beast is just a bald eagle now. Yeah, they drew first blood. That's all I'm saying. Did you fit? So yeah, I don't think. Here's the deal. You're gonna see a shit ton of people talking about this. Nothing's obviously gonna come about it. I still am putting my money down and saying for sure, you will see Game Pass in some capacity on the new Switch, so it can play Call of Duty on the Switch somehow. Yeah, it is still really weird how you never heard anything about it. Like, the early days of the Switch, when they were talking about putting Game Pass on there. And then, like, no one ever said it wasn't It became oddly hush-hush. Yeah. So, and there's still not even a squeaky wheel about when is the new Switch coming out. Bri being Coxtradamus over here. We'll see what happens. <sighs> but Chambers... And this, and this basically overshadowed the big news of the past week up to this point, because we have 4,000 fucking articles and updates about it. All right, Chambers, you lead us in. The last three articles are all tied to the same, uh, the big news, I would say, in gaming right now. Fucking three or four articles. Jesus. Um, actually, before we get into that, uh, Brian. Yes. Two of these goddamn nine percenters. Uh, when I stood, kicking your ass. When I stood up to get my like next beer, so I just got it like a Coors Light to finish tonight. When I stood up, I was just like, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah, though, uh, you're gonna feel good tomorrow morning. And yeah, like I said, not boozy at all. So tread lightly, no. people. But yeah, uh, so Unity and the entire shit show that is surrounding this debacle, this kerfuffle, blind is just been insane. And if it wasn't for these Microsoft leaks, fucking Microsoft doing it to themselves. If it wasn't for these leaks, quote unquote, uh, this still would have been the big news in all of gaming up to this point. So we talked about it at first last week when the news first dropped about how they're rolling out a new fee schedule for the developers who use it. 
uh, basically charging 20 cents to the dollar for if you hit a certain threshold of 200,000 downloads or sale money in sales. Uh, you know, goes up from there if you used a pro version, blah, 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 blah. So this has been complete outrage among the community. So we have articles here, one from ARS Technica, where it's talking to a ton of different developers. Uh, they're calling it the death of Unity. Uh, it's not a company to be trusted. If it goes through, we'll delay content and features of our players actively want to port our games elsewhere, as others are considering from Among Us developers. Uh, Gloom World, which is a game that's in develop, will definitely be my last Unity game, likely even if they roll back the changes, said uh, Dylan Rogers on social media. What the fuck? Stop it, said another developer politely. And, you know, they're calling it a bait and switch because before Unity was very big on saying lifetime installs, no hidden fees, no bullcrap like this. And, yeah, everyone was putting all their eggs in that Unity basket. And it's just like, it's absolutely crazy how they've killed not only all the goodwill that they used to have, but no one trusts them at all anymore with anything. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Unity should not be able to retroactively change the terms and conditions on products on sales you've already made, which is a thing we didn't even talk about. We just assumed this was for new shit, but this is going to be retroactive for old crap, too. Them making this move says they're willing to, and it should be terrifying, is what Brandon Sheffield said. Uh, and it's just, like, crazy. And the backlash that has come from it has been intense, to say the least even up to the point where they had to cancel a town hall over reported death threats. That's too far. So it closed two offices and warned uncomfortable employees to stay home. Now, anytime I kind of hear about like death threats at a company, it's probably like a couple shitheads on social media sending a DM. But I mean, I guess you got to take it seriously because if you don't, and there's that one time that something actually happens, yeah. he's a dick. So I get it. I'm sorry. There's, you, there couldn't be one thing you say that a video game company or anything video game company related, some policy, some thing that they would roll out that would warrant a death threat. I'm just going to say that. Yes, they're dicks. Yes, this is... There's there's bigger issues. But, like, yeah, death threats. Come on, man. Come right, on. right. You, you don't know the depths of nerds on the internet with nothing else. Right. That's what I'm saying. If, if you even as a meme are doing that don't do that like just don't do that is all i'm gonna say but yeah chambers i mean this is um you you touched on it we talked very little bit about last week when i first rolling in oh up, brian responses brian have been, whoo, brian 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 yes but before you even get into that uni was trying to backtrack a little bit to to quell to quell the masses brian because they said that you want to be the developers paying it but they said that PlayStation, I Xbox, like and Nintendo will pay the company's runtime fee on behalf of the game developers. Yeah, yeah. the, the nice game developers idea never actually never said that. <laughs> talked to the, you know, the providers about that. Got an agreement in place or anything like that. Kind of funny. That, that has huge, we're going to build a wall and they're going to pay for it vibes. That's what I got from that. I mean, here's my question. So knowing now this response... Was this truly like a, they just threw out a terrible idea? Or do you think there's something behind the scenes, like maybe some actual finance, call it bad investments, call it whatever you will. Like, did they fuck up where they're trying to recoup something? Or was this just a royal, like, I have an idea of how we can make some more money and 
they put it out there and now they're like well fuck yeah i am 100 percent in the because i've never heard of any problems that unity was having financially or business-wise or shit like that and it was as far as i know like i'm no dev so i don't know shit about it but i'm the social media guy and if there's anything really bad to know about unity i would have heard about it by now and guess what brian I didn't hear dog, dick, nothing about Unity in any kind of bad way until a week ago when this all first started. They definitely saw how many people were using their service and went, oh shit, we could have been making a killing this whole time using this. Bruh, you know what's developed with Unity? Among Us. You know what's developed with Unity? Pokemon Go. So many goddamn gigantic things. Cuphead was made with Unity. So many goddamn gigantic entities that made so much money was made with Unity. And they probably only made the cut of, like, the license to use it or the professional lifetime fee and shit like that. And they went, oh, man, we could have made so much more money off this. Yeah. Right. If I could quote The Simpsons, it comes down to the all ideoler. I mean, and then Unity, they put out a tweet two days ago on September 17th, basically saying, we have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. So it's been two days. Who knows what a couple days means, but, you know, do you think this is a complete reversal or do you think there's still like, well, we'll still do it, but it'll just be cheaper. I mean, the smart money, I mean, at this point, they definitely hurt their goodwill. So it's like, oh, yeah. do you, <laughs> this brings it back to Bud Light. Do you double down and say, well, we had the right idea. We're going to stick with it, but just at a lower tier. Or do you completely reverse and say, sorry, we really fucked up. Please don't leave us. Man, we've come full struggle this episode, haven't we? We sure have. Called a callback, Jim. Um, that's actually a really good question. Because um, I guess almost at this point, you just have to keep pushing forward in some way and maybe lighten the blow. Maybe instead of 20 cents to the dollar, make it 5 cents to the dollar. Because if you completely... So, like, here's the my trust question. You keep the saying 20 cents to the dollar, but the thing I'm... Everything I've read was saying it was 20 cents per install, meaning installs could be a $50 market. So, is it 20... Because that's a very big... That's a very big distinction. If it's only 20 cents per price of the entire game versus you're talking about 20% of the total cost of it. Like, that's completely different. That's true, because that's where it gets hairy, because it was 20 cents per install once you hit 200,000 installs or made $200,000. So you could, you know, you could start being charged before you hit 200,000 installs. Yeah, exactly. So if yeah, if your game is ten dollars, so it could be it could be even worse than twenty cents on a dollar at that point. It, I mean, but but my thinking is if your if your game sold for fifty bucks and it's installed, you're being charged twenty cents for a fifty dollar game, right? Like at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess so. So that's where I said, like in my mind, I'm like. Is it that that's why what I was trying to ask last week? I was like, is that really that bad? Like, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm because there is the shit they could be abusing it. But if if where it would hurt is if you are these people that like the game you reviewed earlier, like Century City, 
if they end up on the list and they're only selling for a dollar, then yes, 20 cents per install really hurts them at that point. But if you're anyone, anyone in the range of 30, 40, 50, 60 dollars per game and you're only getting charged one of uh, 20 cents per purchase price, is it that bad? Well, so that's where it gets weird because um, shout out to our buddies over at uh, Gamers Week because when they were talking about it, uh, they were they were quoting some developer I forget who it was who was kind of talking about like the price impact that would be hitting them. So, like right off the bat, to put a game on Steam, you have to pay what is it like thirty percent or something like that of like every dollar that you make has to go back to Steam. Yeah, I think that's and then a, it would be. Yeah. And then it would be another 20 cents on top of that per download or install or to the dollar. However it works out would be going back to Unity. So you could have a huge hit on your hands, but you're only be making like 40 cents to the dollar for every, you know, dollar you make. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm no, I know what you're trying to say, but that, like I said, that's the only, that's the only distinction I'm trying to figure out. And from the articles and from what you're saying, like, that's what I can't figure. If it's twenty, if it's twenty cents per install, and that's against the gross fifty dollars, I still say it's not good. But it's much better than twenty cents per dollar. I I think it has to. Yeah, I think it has to be closer to that twenty cents per dollar kind of threshold. If people are freaking out this much about it, well, let's think about it, Jim. I mean, if somebody is making. You know, like we said, if it's on every install, if every copy of your game, if you sell a million copies, I mean, it's still not cheap. I mean, if you're just going per copy, I'm thinking of per copy of a game. So what's an average number of games are sold for medium-sized companies? Is it 500,000, 100,000? Like, I don't know what the install rate of games are. That That's a good question. I don't really know either. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is the true like bottom? Well, dollar? Let's say let's use our buddy Brew for instance. Yeah, uh, his most recent game got backed for ten thousand dollars. So, I mean, at that point, he wouldn't even be under that threshold to have to pay that kind of money. But let's say you know they put that everywhere. Then at that point, he would almost have to pay two thousand of his ten thousand. Like that's a, that's a big fucking hit if that would be the case might be a bad example too but i don't know i don't know what a, you would consider a medium-sized company either yeah i mean because there's so many goddamn games to get published out there like it almost seems like it's a thing where i think it's a thing where it would hurt way more like the AAA games it doesn't really matter if it's yeah. going to be the 20 cents per install kind of thing but for those like little guys who become like big hits out of nowhere yeah i think that's when it really becomes like the fuck over where they're selling it for super cheap. I'd like Among Us to go back to that. Or, no, Vampire Survivors, which we love. Vampire Survivors, you know, on Steam, they sold their game for, what was it, a dollar? At first, for the longest time, just to try and make it get out there and to become a viral hit. Yeah. So, you know, with all those sales, once they hit that point, they would have been under that threshold where they're basically paying 20%, you know, of their entire, all their money they made. Immediately to Unity, besides what they paid to... Yeah. I think that was the thing from Gamers Week. It was it was Vampire Survivors talking about they would have only made forty cents to the dollar for their game. That was a massive hit. So let's put it this way: for, so how much did Vampire Survivors sold for? Uh, I five dollars. I think now it's like five bucks. I forget what it is. Well, on. let's like, just say it's five. So at that point, yeah. then 
you've only sold 40,000 copies for $5 to get you the $200,000 mark. And then if that's the case, then at 40,000 copies sold, you know, you do that times 20 cents, then that's 8,000 bucks right there that they got to show out. If it's per install, just based on that. 8,000 is, isn't pennies. And as you said, now, if you're looking at 30% of that 20, 200,000 is taxed and all those other things. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it's, it's, it's another line item that comes off and 8,000 for just 40,000 games sold. It's not nothing for yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, that, that's eating into your, your sales for sure. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not. There's no way I'm defending them at all. But I, but I would say that that is still better than if it's twenty cents per dollar. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I asked you last week, and what I have actually started seeing is a bunch of people that we know and others that have basically said like, "Hey, can we start threads of what are good competent engines to use now?" Because like everyone's doing this, but it's like everyone's also like, "Well, isn't Unity like the go-to?" goat of game engine so like what else is there that that's the thing too because up until this point unity was the one that gave you the most options for the best value yeah and that's probably why unity went oh fuck we could have been making like all the quadruple the amount that we've made up to this point yeah i don't know i i um i'm very curious to see what the the response from them is what the is it going to be the apology is it going to be just a Instead of two hundred thousand, it's a much higher threshold, or the, is the price per install much lower? Like whatever that is, I'm very curious to see what the backlash is. I'm curious to see who is the the Modelo to the Bud Light in this situation. Who's the engine that comes up and goes, "We got this." Like, don't worry, come to us. Um, it is, and you know what? Like, they might just run the course and get away with it. Because a good example is. Nintendo because you know the Switch it was out for what two three years massive hit at that point it was up to like what 60 or 70 million units sold and then they went oh by the way we're charging for online now and everyone bitched and bitched but then everyone you know bought it yeah yeah I mean but Nintendo even though people couldn't believe they were charging I think that price was always easier to swallow than what the ramifications of this one is yeah, less than two bucks a year is hard to argue against, it even is. if it isn't the best. So I guess then my two only, bucks a month. My yeah. only other point of this is okay. So Unity's gonna come back. They're gonna say, "Sorry, just kidding." Whatever, whatever they're gonna do. But you know, do you think it's gonna follow in Bud Light steps of people are actually gonna weigh in with their wallets? Like, is it gonna stick? And this is just pure guesswork. Like, what, do you think it's going to stick or not? I kind of honestly don't know. Um, I could see the game developers kind of just rallying around. It, it, it's tough for game devs because you have, like, we see massive companies all the time just go under. Like, you have one fuck up, you're done. And a lot of companies, like, they live and die by, like, their one hit that they have. Yeah. So if you take away their one, a lot of the money from their one hit, that really makes life harder on them. So I don't know. Like, it, it seems like it should be the thing where everyone, like, rallies around not using it. 
to like you know send a message like hey don't do this again so but you know at the end of the day the best product even if it's more expensive with less features it's it's like apple yeah how apple doesn't have the best features doesn't give you the most usability but it's it's overpriced for what you get but it's still kind of the most dependable and still kind of the best product so yeah. everyone still buys it yeah you're buying a name you're buying something you trust it's like nike like it's not that they make it necessarily a better shoe you just you're buying the brand right like yeah i mean i love my air maxes but you know what my back feels just as good with some new balances <laughs> i can't wait till you completely convert to strictly new balance I do, I do have a set of New Balances. My fucking dog ate them, so I only wear them when I do yard work now. But God, are they comfortable? Yeah, I mean, I fucking love New Balance. What I like about this is that that it could potentially dethrone them. Someone else pops up, and it it just opens up that conversation of you know what could be next. You know, what I will say though is, um, just like we see with how many of these things, the outrage, like the bullshit, and I will say. It is kind of the fake news thing of like, once again, we're about to see everyone say like, I need an Exodus from X because they're going to charge me. That's not what he said. That's not what was actually said. It's one of those deals where it's like, you hate to be the one to be like, you just got to read the context of what was actually said. He's just charging the premium people less. Not that he's charging everyone a small amount, but like how many times now have people I'm leaving Twitter forever and they're right back. You no, know, yeah. you, you ain't going fucking anywhere. You'll be back. Threads, Blue Sky, whatever the fucking Mastodon bullshit. Like, all these gazillion little pop-ups that nobody wants to deal with. You're like... And I and guess what? If one day Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, did decide to charge, some people would, more than most of the user base, the ones that use it the most, would be willing to pay. Because they still got to get their point across. Because they need to feel heard. Right. You know who the real victims here are? Come on. Me. Because <laughs> I have to goddamn post our fucking uploads to like seven different social medias now that no one uses. But God forbid I don't use it to just put their fucking name out there. <sighs> Twitter. So I'm yeah. fucking. I do it on Hive. I do it on Minds. We even have a fucking Truth Social that I put us on. I don't like, even know what any of I. I know the True Social is the one that like Trump made after he got kicked off Twitter, and it's basically just Trump. <laughs> but we have a Truth Social. We have them all. Uh, we have a Threads. We have a Blue Sky. We have everything. We run the gamut, Brian. I don't know what the answer to that is, Chambers. It's like... Except for Parler. No one fucks with Parler. No one yeah. That yeah. died to death. No, but yeah, let's see what happens with Unity. I think there'll be... But I also think the attention span of gamers is so short. It's not like us beer drinkers, Jim. We remember. We teach, oh, we do. We teach we lessons. Forget. Yeah. Gamers, they'll be on to the next in a week or so. Unity will say their apology. Some people will claim I'll never do it again. Then developers will be like, you know what? The price to stop everything and restart a new engine is just too much. All right. We're mad at Unity, but we're going to keep yeah basically yeah i mean the only step next to this is just putting an annoying twink on you as your spokesperson and then everyone can really be mad there you go because all the rest of everybody exactly (laughs) uh so chambers so uh how you think you're gonna sleep tonight after two of those nine percenters i'm gonna sleep like a fucking baby waking up's gonna be the problem (laughs) jesus yeah i am uh i am definitely loving these jackos 
uh, like I said. Right. I don't. I don't know at this point how my uh, pronunciation is even going to sound in the final product. Might be rough. <laughs> and you. You know, it's rough even when you're not that drunk. Jim. <laughs> Very fair. And I wonder why my poor daughter is in speech class. <laughs> Jim, I know it. Between you and Sandy, I don't know if that's all you. <laughs> I'm going to defend you here, Jim. <laughs> Not entirely wrong. Right. All I can say is, in fairness, girl never had a chance. <laughs> There's that, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we want to say to everyone who's watched and continue to watch, please uh, make sure you hit that notification and subscription. We truly appreciate you guys watching. Leave us some feedback. Leave us some comments. We love seeing what you guys have to say. And speaking of feedback, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please hit subscribe. And if you leave us a comment, as long as you give us a five-star rating, we'll read it. Even if you want to bash us and say, Jim, stop saying that shit the wrong way. So with that, we want to say no. thank you, everyone. Have a good night. And cheers. Cheers, everybody.